Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Woo! What's up, everybody? You have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away from uh, Grand Inquisitors to Fifth Brothers. We've got you covered uh, everything Star Wars wise. So uh, my name is Justin. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Joining me today, Skeleton Crew. Again, it's the boys hanging out, having a good time. It's the one and only Josh. This is a two live. This is, we're the two live crew. That's what we are. The two live crew. <laughs> there you go. Two live crew. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take it down and and ruin the mood and do something unrelated to Star Wars. But I just wanted to say, uh, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace to Scott Hall. Uh, yeah. I just found out like just a little bit ago that Scott Hall, childhood hero of mine, and mm-hmm. any kid that watched wrestling in the mid to late '90s. Uh, so the razor ramon yeah yep uh, yeah he i i am not as big of a wrestling fan as josh is i have not watched wrestling for as long as josh has i watched probably a little bit growing up in the 80s most of what i watched after that was probably late 90s in college um we actually used to watch it wcw before we'd head out uh yeah. to go drink to go to the to the bars and stuff and it was um we would watch that and then head out. And uh, he was always one of my favorites just because, you know, I, I said to Josh before we started this show, somebody's got to be the bad guy. And he yeah. fully embraced that role of I am the bad guy. And, uh, it, you know, his finishing move, the razor's edge was just one of my favorites to watch. Um, and uh, sad, to, sad to see him go. He was a uh, seemed like a, a, you know, he had his issues, but seemed like a pretty decent dude from what I can gather. So. Yep. A lot yep. of good stories, especially coming out of the last 10 years. And uh, he was a pioneer of the of making bad guys cool in wrestling. Yeah. Because before the NWO, bad guys were just bad guys. You booed the bad guys, you cheered the good guys. But man, they, they changed mm-hmm. the game. But anyway, this yep. isn't a wrestling podcast as much as I want it to be sometimes. <laughs> so. He used to come out, get a, grab a mic in the ring and go, hey, yo, yo, hey. <laughs> he have this toothpick in his mouth yep. with his ha- with his hair slicked back, just looking like he didn't care about anything. So I used to go uh, to restaurants with my <laughs> with my ex wife, and you know they have toothpicks at the door, and I can't tell you how many times I grabbed a toothpick as we're walking out the door, and then did a little Scott Hall promo promo on her and <laughs> flicked the uh, toothpick at her like he would, and you know we're divorced, so it tells you something. <laughs> Don't flick toothpicks at your cigarette. I was the bad guy. <laughs> Josh was the bad guy for once. Uh, he has uh, since converted to the good side, apparently. So no, that's not why we got um, divorced. It's all good. <laughs> well, we we actually have a lot of news kind of here to to start the show tonight. Um, you know, first I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this one because this is the fun one. We I, finally I, have news. Woo! Uh, yeah, we've been saying it for weeks. We got nothing and nothing and nothing. And guess what, people? We finally got Star Wars Celebration news. And it was coming in hot and fast last week. I'd still like some more. Yeah. Please, can I <laughs> yes, have some we, more? We would love the, uh, the guest appearance news. Uh, we could use... Yeah, we could use the guest appearance news. We could use uh, merch, uh, merch news, uh, like as far as vendors that are going to be there. Uh, we did. I, I saw a tweet from uh, Delray Books that they're going to be there. They've already confirmed it. So there's one. Um, That's a, uh, I'm shocked that Delray Books would be there. I would never expect a Delray <laughs> Books table. Holy crap! What a whirlwind of events. Yeah, <laughs> so they're gonna be there. Um, but yeah, anything we could. Get, I already know. Like Order sixty six was pl- toys was planning on being there. So there's at least one vendor. Uh, but yeah, the thing that we all want to know: Hasbro, and then Funko, 
and the books and the pins and Hallmark and all this stuff. That's the stuff that we really, really want to know. And now that we are sitting at what, 10, 10 weeks away? 10 weeks, three days, which is cool. 73 days total. Oh and you know, I always use I always use New York Comic Con as a benchmark, and they had already announced guests by this point. So let's go, yeah. Pop. Yep. Give yep. me a couple so, guests. I need a I need a, I I need a guest announcement this week, and I don't mean Warwick Davis is doing the stage. Give me a guest <laughs> announcement that's not. Yes, yeah. I love Warwick Davis. I actually I probably get a, get a pick with them this year if if it's available because I'm bummed that I didn't mm-hmm. before. Uh, but man, we gotta come on, announce something. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to. I fly out to California for no reason. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a great host in Chicago. Did all the shows, making it around with his uh, Segway. Yeah, to get from point A to point B faster. I mean, it was. Uh, he was a good host. So. Um, Hopefully we get some of that this week. I'd be surprised if we didn't, considering tickets go on sale tomorrow or as of this show that you're hearing. Yeah, it's probably already, already on, on sale. sale and probably already sold out, perhaps. Um, but yeah, tickets go on sale three fifteen through light again, right? Um, they no, no. So I think the on, tickets um, are actually going on sale through like the regular ticket website. Okay. Uh, this because this isn't technically res. It's I guess it's technically resale at this point, but it's new. It's that's you know tickets that were refunded, so it's not. Oh there's yeah. No light service needed. It's being sold right by them. So, so I if still you need didn't to get it before. Ticket, so. Yeah. So if you didn't get it before, now's your chance. Yeah. Um. But you're right. You now that I think about it, no, they didn't announce anything or say anything about light ticket exchange. Yeah. Right. It it was just we're releasing more tickets, which was to your point probably everything that was refunded at the first one. So yes. uh, it is it is uh, proof of vaccination, right? As of yes. right now, it is proof of vaccination and full mask at the event for yeah. indoors. Regardless of what anything, Anaheim County, state of California, regardless of what they say, that is Reed Pop's stance on the con as of right now. There's still 73 days. It could change. Who knows? I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I don't think it's going to change at this point. Because yeah. if anything, they've kind of like, you know, as time has gone on, they've kind of tightened up their their rules mm-hmm. a little bit. And um, you know, if the, if it's something that the read pop higher ups are worried about, and then they're looking at the page and seeing all the people that are like, whoa, you know, up, upset about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, for me, that would only be more ammunition to keep it in place because. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, to be honest, it's it really doesn't bother me that much. So, yeah, I mean, I go and I'm still going to enjoy myself and watch tons of Star Wars stuff and uh, have a good time with my friends. So, yeah. And, you know, yeah. the, the funny thing is, is like before we started doing stuff again, um, like the thought of what like the pandemic convention experience would be like was a little daunting to kind of wrap your head around. But so I've done C2E2, I've done Motor City Comic Con, I went to the Arnold. Um, and honestly, it's not that much different than before. Like having the mask. I'm, I think I'm just like so used to wearing the mask in public places now that it's not even, yeah, it's not a bother. No, and so. and I mean, and I didn't get Concred for like the first time ever. <laughs> That's a win. Yeah, that is a, a big win right there when you when you don't come home with the Concred because that stuff can be nasty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. There's still there's still time, but as of right now, that's the policy. So make sure you guys are up on that. Make sure you bring if it is masks, then bring plenty of them. That way you don't want to be wearing the same mask over the course of five days right if you're wearing yeah. cloth man don't be don't be recycling that day in and day out and bring, bring a different deodorant. one for every day bring deodorant um you know if you eat food you don't want to be burping in that thing and oh no ooh, that's, a, ooh, that's that's just foul that's foul. actually the, so, the worst thing about the masks is you know you get a yeah. euro or something or a coney dog and then you're like oh boy i'm dead I'm <laughs> yeah exactly um as of right now, though, merchandise, Star Wars Celebration merchandise is up for sale on the site. It is heavy. Oh, sorry. It, Excuse me. <laughs> it is, I was going to say, heavy uh, 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. There's uh, a nice design with a, a you know phase one clone trooper helmet on there. 
Yeah. Um, you know, obviously show logo merch is up there. And then some of the stuff was from, to be honest, looked like it was from 2019 in Chicago. The pillows, the C3PO well, they did, yeah, pillows. They definitely, well, I, so I don't think it's the 2019 stuff. I think it's the stuff, or the stuff that went for, on sale for the, for the con previously, like before mm-hmm. that con that got, that got canceled and moved. The 2020. Um, you know, when we bought yeah. like the, the Hoth jersey and the stuffed Tauntaun with the Luke in it, like that's, it's from that era of. Yeah. That, yeah. Those I mean, whether there's. Guys. Whether there's more that will be released or not. I mean, there's always more in the store when you get there. Yeah. But if you've ever been to Star Wars Celebration and you've tried to go into the store, it can be an absolute nightmare. Uh, they tried to do the what the online purchase pickup thing yeah. uh, in Chicago, and that ended up having its own issues. And the line was you know hours long wait to just get in there the risk you run also with the store in person is that they may sell out of what it is that you want yeah so it, whether it's pins or you know a, a stuffed animal or something like that if you try to get it in the store there and not online it it could be gone so uh i don't know what they're going to have if they're going to have anything additional if that's all they got for this con no idea but uh uh, I order. What did I order? I ordered the the three quarter length, the the Raglan tee with the the clone helmet on it, just because I like that one. But that was it. That and a patch, I think, the celebration patch. And that was yeah. all I got. Not not really anything more than I wanted. So yeah, I mean, I got a couple. I got a couple things in the store last time, but you know, if that was the if they if they were saying like, hey, there's one place where we're gonna. Sc- we're gonna have to be uh, scrimping because of the con- the because of Corona. Let it be the store, yeah. And bring the guests I want, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, the booth exclusives and stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah Hasbro exclusives, you know Funko exclusives, whatever they may be. Those are, I'd rather you know put money into and and have there. So, um, speaking of which, there was a, a I saw it just before here. What is it? Walmart Con. Walmart's Toy Con or something is coming up March 26th, maybe. I literally just saw it before I hopped on to record this with you. Are they not going to have any of the stuff and then you have to buy it on <laughs> eBay? Like, is that. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I was like, well, wait, yeah, you know, I'm getting ready to go to celebration here in May, and now you're putting another con out here with exclusives. And you know Hasbro's going to be putting exclusives yeah. out there for this. And it's I'm like, going, what are you doing? Hey, Walmart, what are you doing? instead of throwing a con, why don't you just put stuff on your shelves and like figure out your pre-order madness? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand why we're doing this. But um, every, everything you want to know, Star Wars Celebration-wise, go to StarWarsCelebration.com. You can find out uh, all of the different things on podcast stage, vendor tables, uh, all that kind of stuff there. Uh, but yeah, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Don't snooze or you'll lose. So go pick them up. Um, we did have a little bit of news, non-Star Wars Celebration related. Last week, we got the epic first trailer for the Kenobi series. Kenobi! Yes. So good. It was so good. Uh, where, where were you in that drop, Josh? What were you doing? Oh, where was I? Uh, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know where I was. I, I think, I don't think I saw it until one of you texted it. It was probably you. Um, mm-hmm. Kenobi trailer just I was dropped. Definitely somewhere where I couldn't get to like a big screen to watch it though. I must, I, I must've been at work. Yeah, it was, <laughs> um, it dropped like in the middle of the day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And it was, uh, just, oh. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. It was it was I th- just a perfect cut of different scenes of upcoming scenes from the show paired with amazing music as well. There was I mean <laughs> Duel of the Fates kicks in. Dude, what halfway no. through Duel this of Fates, thing? <laughs> Battle of the Heroes, the forest oh. theme. We got some Anakin's Dark Deeds at the end like they're just some like 
prequel era bangers, like straight bangers yeah. coming out of John Williams' catalog. Yeah, it was like this this thing just came out of nowhere and <laughs> it was just awesome to see because we are getting just a peak time in Star Wars that this show this show is bridging so many different things all yeah. at once. Um we're getting rebels in here, we're getting uh, a new hope precursor in here. I don't watch getting, the cartoons. Ugh. I feel so bad. I, I feel so bad for those people uh, that have not watched. I mean, you still have time. Go watch Rebels. Four seasons. You need to go watch Rebels before this. Um, watch it. So you, and 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 listen to our episodes that are coming up on it. Yes. Yeah, we are doing a full Rebels rewatch, season by season, um, and just kind of recapping what we love about Rebels. And it's cra- it was crazy too because. I, you know, when we were talking about show planning for the next couple of months, I said, I want to do a Rebels rewatch. Like, I, I don't know why. I've just been craving to watch Rebels. And all of a sudden, Rebels is popping up everywhere. Like, everybody is like looking at the same thing. And I was like, hey, everybody was reading my mind. So, well, that was, yeah, bef- that was before the trailer was like, hey, yeah. remember the Inquisitors? Like, yeah. It was like, Oh hey, by the way, uh let's let's uh talk a little bit about rebels here. Um yeah, I was um I was just shocked though. Like that trailer had so much good stuff in it. There was um my big thing that I I caught from a still frame that somebody had posted was the imperial badge the rank bar had a, yeah. a green color in it which we've never seen before. There's there's red, there's blue, there's yellow, there's orange. There's even a white, but I've never seen a green color on a rank bar. So I have no idea who that is or what they are. Um, maybe they're part of that Inquisitor division or whatever, and that's that's who they're assigned to. But super cool to see that. Josh, you nailed it on the head. The music, <laughs> I, <laughs> it was just a, such a good blend of music for this yeah. thing. It was unreal. I'm real hyped um, for the whatever John Williams is bringing to the score too. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the theme song, obviously. Um, what else we had? Um, well, we see the brother, the, so I can never, one of my fatal flaws is I can never remember the numbers of the brothers and the sisters, but we definitely, we see the brother that we see in rebels. Um, and I think we see another one of the sisters that we've seen before too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we see a new one a new yeah. character that we've not Eva? seen before. So yeah. Um, excited to see her care. She looks pretty mean, pretty ruthless. So definitely <clears throat> excited to see that. I heard someone, someone, I heard someone say that because she's pretty, like the actress is pretty that she's going to end up like re- with a redemption arc Ooh. of some sort. Hmm. Maybe. I, we did see it, not to spoil it for anybody, but we did kind of see that with the Grand Inquisitor towards the end of In Rebels. We well, did see a little pretty. bit of that. Um, <laughs> not pretty, but we did see the redemption arc. Um, yeah, it was, speaking of the Grand Inquisitor, a lot of controversy on him in the, what, couple seconds that we get to see him yeah. in this trailer on how he looks versus how he looks in rebels yeah and how how he looks as a powan or, or how a powan looks in revenge of the sith that's the the big controversy is that basically he's a lot of people feel he's too thick for what he was represented as in rebels and even to a certain degree as a powan from revenge of the sith that we see in the conversation with obi-wan when he first lands on Utapau. um I, I i don't know like i I get it. And and Josh, your point earlier was what about uh Well uh, I don't like I'm like, why isn't it Jason Isaacs? He's got like a good head shape for it, I feel like. Obviously there's a million things that could be going on. It could be uh, you know, scheduling cl- conflicts or whatever, or I don't know, but I just feel like they it could have been him. They they did the same voice mm-hmm. for um you know, Cad Bane and this, the, I don't, the, I don't think this is a situation where like 
you know, some people have made the justification for like Rosario Dawson's casting by saying that like, you know, Rosario or that <clears throat> Ashley Eckstein maybe doesn't look right as Ahsoka. Um, but I feel like Jason Isaac does look right for that character, especially if you're, cause I think what's happening here is maybe they didn't want part of, I think there's probably a number of reasons and some of it has to do with like, fight choreography and you know because the power we see in revenge of the sith doesn't really do anything he just talks right doesn't have to move um <laughs> but at the same time I th- i'm like did they get an actor that they want you to be able to see his face so they made sure you could kind of see his face um i right. don't know i'm in the in the grand scheme of things I guess if there was a character that they were going to mess up their look a little bit, I I'm okay with it being that character and you know, not others. Um, I think the thing for me that would go a long way that would be easy is give him the right eyes. Cause he has like normal yeah. eyes in the trailer and I'm hoping maybe just the, the after effects aren't in or something. Cause he has like glowing mm-hmm. orange eyes in the cartoon and in the comics with, with like a yeah. black back, like what I don't know what you call the whites of your eyes, but like the whites of his eyes are black and then the irises are gold and they glow. So it's like, it really takes away. Like, I think if his head shape was a little off, but then um, the eyes were right, you know, that would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's um, because the yellowing of the eyes, right? That's a, a Sith trait. Right? Yeah. Like as you as you start to delve more into the dark side, the eyes change and they become yellow, kind of like Anakin's. Right? Maybe he has not fully reached that point yet where they've changed. Um, I don't. know. I'm stretching here. <laughs> yeah, you're, <laughs> with the theory. You're doing like I mean, full on Star Wars yoga right I, now. <laughs> I'm like maybe just going. Well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he. This is relatively new for all of them. They haven't you're had much Disney, training. You're a Disney shill. <laughs> I'm just uh, waiting to see, right? Because kidding. they. This is what. The, but this is what they do. This is what they do. They try to lead you in one direction or show you something that gets you all thinking about this, and then they come in and do something different, and you find out why, right? Sometimes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe. We'll see. So, But that's really the big thing that's kind of caused some controversy with this trailer was the Grand Inquisitor. But outside of that, the trailer just outstanding. We see Obi-Wan by himself kind of sitting in a cave. I would assume trying to commune maybe with, with Qui-Gon or, or trying to channel the Force a little bit in some peace and quiet. Um, and then just kind of keeping an eye on Luke, right? He's got those little binocs. He's he's watching Luke do speeder driving, mock speeder driving at like age ten on top of the 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 homestead. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm so I'm so stoked though that hit, and all of a sudden my excitement for celebration ramped up like four hundred percent, and it was just crazy. So. Yeah, we're gonna get to watch that first episode together. Yep, and guess what? Everybody's going to be talking about the next day. <laughs> so yeah, hey, well, um, that's where you want to cool be. To talk about in line. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's where you want to li- be. Record live from the line. We could do that. We could get some opinions. So Kyle would probably hate um, that audio. Be so all that. <laughs> can't get rid of the background, background noise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we are we are going to be recording while we are at uh, celebration this year. So we're going to have our equipment. We could probably do a little bit of stuff live from the floor. We'll see. Um, and I will say this: we do have we do have some merch to pass out to people while we are there. We've got uh, we've got some stuff that we are excited to give away. So yeah. I have it in hand. In hand, it is ready to go. So. Now I have to like sort all several hundred of those things out into <laughs> things to pass out. So um, we did have one other little bit of news. I, right? I have to play. Uh, I was trying to find a picture that shows it clearly. I I have to. I just I need to go back to the the eyes really quick. So we're talking about the. This is like a rumor killer on your your stretching, right? So okay, okay. We have the Grand Inquisitor, and his eyes are. You know, black background with the gold. But 
when you see our other, the other Utapauian that we've seen, his eyes are just black. Okay. So, and Grand Inquisitor in this trailer has like regular human white background colored irises of some sort. So his eyes at least need to be all black to fit like the way that they're supposed to look for um, Utapauians. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like a weird, weird combo or weird eye for either. I'm hoping that they just didn't finish the effects. That could be. That could be. Um, and maybe they just wanted to get the trailer out to give people something to get hyped about. I don't know. We'll see. So, um, and then you had a little bit of news on the Kiner brothers on bad batch season two, correct? Yes, they did. Um, so they were part of like a, what were they doing? They were doing a, a charity stream, uh, for like a supporting Ukraine, um, raising money to support people in Ukraine thing. And um, so the, they said some stuff in the interview and they said that they've been working on uh, the score for the second season of the bad batch for quite some time. Um, it, and it was, they were even working on it when they were de- scoring the first season. Um, and they said that an unspecified amount of time will have passed between the first and second seasons. And when we come back to our team, <coughs> Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, Omega mm-hmm. will be older, and then um, the show will take viewers back to Coruscant. Um, and they said that they com- they composed a political noir composition for certain scenes uh, that may or may not take place on that planet. I think they were like talking, and then they realized, oh no, maybe we've said too much. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they said that the <laughs> second season will have a substantially larger cast of characters than the first. And then um, I didn't copy this into the notes because it was down lower in the article. Um, But they actually also said that they're working on another Star Wars animated series, as of yet unannounced animated series. Uh, But they they indicated that the series will have full orchestration. Um, It said it's at a point where Lucasfilm and Disney are giving us full orchestra for every episode, and it's a very special project. Some great, great people are involved, and they were. we are really privileged to be a part of that and I've probably said too much already. Yep, there we go. So. Huh. Interesting. Um I wonder what that is. And and it it's hard for them too. Well, not hard for them, but they write essentially themes for most of the main characters that appear in these shows. So if they know that there's going to be a you know, a big cast of characters, I'm sure there's some in there that they probably had to write specific musical tones for. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm excited for that, too. Bad Batch, when's that's dropping? Sometime this year. Yeah. I I thought I saw it late May, but I don't think that's right. So, we'll see. So, lots of news, lots of things happening in the Star Wars world. It's awesome. I love it because it seemed like it was so quiet there for, you know, a month or two and it was just not a lot going on. We were just watching book of Boba Fett and enjoying that and we didn't have a lot. So, but uh, yeah, get excited. Celebrations come in, lots of stuff, you know, coming pretty quick. Um, we are going to dive a little bit in today before we get into the rebels rewatch. We have one thing that we wanted to go over and, and review that we've been kind of talking about these for a while, but I always enjoy talking about a little high Republic. We love talking about the High Republic here. We are super excited as we're getting to the close of the first, well, the first wave of books, right? And we're about to go into the second wave, which is the precursor to this wave. It's like the we're in like the, the second or third wave of the first phase phase yeah. thank you there's a bunch God, of there, i mix my many, phases and waves yeah, and waves and phases on. and yeah phase one is almost done and then we get into phase two which is really the precursor to phase one yeah and then we figure phase three is the penultimate conclusion of present day high republic right so 
the one that we actually just finished, we well, we finished it a couple weeks ago. We just haven't been able to get to it with uh, everything kind of going on and schedules getting crazy and, um, you know, Book of Boba Fett in there. And it was and just we have uh, a, a lot show going on. in the can right now that hasn't even been released yet. Yeah, very true. Very true. Very so, special show. Yes, uh, we've had a lot going on, but we're, we're talking today, Josh and I are talking today about Star Wars High Republic Midnight Horizon by the talented Daniel Jose Older. Friend of the um, show. Friend of the show. Released uh, 2-1-22, February of this year. It was, it's not a super long read. No. For sure. And if you listen to the audiobook, it's, I think, six hours, seven hours maybe, depending on the speed that you listen to it at. That sounds about um, right. It really wasn't too bad of a listen as far as speed goes. Uh, narrated on the audiobook by Todd Habercorn. Um, it's a it's a YA novel, so it's geared more towards like the teens and things like that. And it involves a lot of the younger characters currently in the Jedi Order, in uh, going through the Jedi training right now that are are Padawans um, or becoming young Jedi Knights and kind of that transition between a teen and an adult. Um, and that's really what this, this follows. So, and we do have a, a brief synopsis here, Josh, do you want to read the synopsis? Sure. All right. So, uh, after a series of staggering losses, the Republic seems finally to finally have the villainous Nile ra- Marauders on the run. And it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Until word comes of a suspected Nile attack on the industrial cosmopolitan world of Corellia, right in the galactic core. Man, I feel like the kid that <laughs> was like doesn't want to read in the class. I, I keep like <laughs> putting emphasis on the wrong syllable. Um, <laughs> sent to investigate our Jedi Masters, Comac Vitus and Cantum Psy, uh, along with Pad- Padawans Wreath, Silas, and Ram Jamaram. Uh, all fighting their own private battles after months of unrelenting danger. On Corellia, Wreath and Ram encounter a brazen young security specialist named Crash, uh, whose friend was one of the victims of the Nihil attack, and they mm-hmm. team up with her to infiltrate Corellia's elite uh, while the Masters pursue more diplomatic avenues. But going undercover with Crash is more dangerous than anyone expected, even as Ram pulls in his friend Zine to help with an elaborate ruse involving a galactic pop star, Justin Timberlake. Uh, But what they (laughs) uncover on Corellia turns out to be just one part of a greater plan or that one that could lead the Jedi to their most stunning defeat yet. Dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this was... um, I'm going to preface this with, again, this is a, a YA novel, so if you're looking for like i guess the deeper meaning in the lore of the force or the stories of the jedi and things like that it's not you're not going to get that in this book it's it's geared to a different audience so i'm going to put that out there up front um i would say out of the higher public books this one is not my favorite it's not a knock on daniel at all I, daniel's work is great the way this is written was really good it's just not it wasn't totally my thing and i wasn't totally into it but that's just me. Um, the characters I thought were good. I mean, we've already established quite a few of them. Ram, John Ram, Wreath, uh, Zine. Um, who else is, was in there? Master, Master Comac. Lulu. Um, yeah. Talisman. Like all of, yeah. Uh, all of them are in this and, and they're great characters. And, um, you know, especially Wreath, cause we hadn't heard much from Wreath, I think since that first, novel right it's he's been his character arc has been pretty pretty quiet up until it had here been a while because i had to kind of uh remind myself what was going on with wreath and uh master comac because i was like okay what's their dynamic what's going on because um it just had been so long since i had read something about them that i wasn't like real clear in my memory yeah um it, it was comac and comac kind of takes wreath under his wing I don't, I don't want to say begrudgingly, but he realizes Wreath kind of needs a master and he felt the need to do it. And it takes them a little bit to get on the same page, I think. And you start to see that a little bit more in this novel. But yeah, Wreath's story had been kind of dormant um, through the other books. Uh, same with Ram Jamran. His was was kind of quiet until, you know, uh, what, it raced a crash point tower 
once that was done, you were like, all right, well, where, where'd Ram go? And here he pops up again. And this is heavily Ram in this book. Um, him and it's, it's a lot of his relationship with Wreath and how they learn from each other, even though they're two totally different people. Um, and I, Ram's coming out of his shell a lot in this yeah. book. He's, you know, before he was very introverted, was fine with his tools and his his creature friends and didn't really have the urge to go exploring or anything. And now here we find him uh, helping on Corellia with with this uh, plot that's going on and he wants adventure. It's almost like he craves to get into trouble in this book. And it's a stark contrast from where he was in the last novel. So again, there's, there's definitely some cool character development that's going on in this book. There are a lot of, I don't want to say love triangle relationships in this book that are, it was a little bit much for me. Cause like, I'm not a big romance novel guy, but there seems to be um, a lot of romance loving going on that you know between people that is is a little confusing at time like this person loves this person and this person loves this person and this person loves all people and i i um i didn't i i think all of the love stories on their own um were fine and uh, you know some of them moved uh were more connected to the plot than others but i think the fact that of that there were three in this relatively mm-hmm. short story and they're they were all kind of like you know what do i like forbidden love type stories like oh i shouldn't be with you because i'm leaving the jedi to be with you or i shouldn't mm-hmm. be with you because you're a jedi or um i guess the one was like friends to lovers but that's still kind of a forbidden love kind of thing like um like crossing that line or seems- making that jump from one to the other yeah yeah um you know and it was a little it was a little odd with the so they they kind of they go undercover as what do you want to say bodyguards that's that's crash's job is she's yeah. a bodyguard i don't she signs protection protection details right yeah. for yeah, yeah she basically runs a high security level, company for high level yeah. folks of various yeah and she gets into this where a couple of her bodyguard, a couple of her people get killed on a job by what are we find out are Nile attackers, um, and they assume it's Nile, and that's why they have to bring in outside Jedi, which was a little weird because they said all the Jedi on Corellia were tied up in politics or something and couldn't. Well, there they was like go a, do yeah, it. there was something going on on one of the moons, and because of that, they had been all all been pulled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we never find out situation. what that is. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, Did we? Uh, uh, I I can't remember what it was. Now it was like some sort of union dispute. But uh, that that whole there's a whole scene where um, like this girl, I think is she, like basically frames a guy in the crowd for like shooting one of the guards and then also like blowing up. Uh, blowing up a building or something. Mm. Do you remember that? She like shoves them off the elevator and throws the bomb at them. And I think so. It's a real brief interview, but basically yeah. the Nile um, orchestrated a something to distract the Jedi and the security forces off of, that's right. Get them out of, you know, off Corellia or out of Coronet city. Um, yeah. Um, but we get, so you know, a couple of her, a couple of her, tr- her, her security guards get attacked. Um, one of them is a, uh, one of the, the worms, I forget what they call, um, essentially like, uh, it, it, what, what's the worm from solo? The, um, Madam Proxima. I'm, I got Madam Proxima. So, or lady it's, Proxima. They're Grindelids. Yes. What they're called. Sorry. Grindelids. Yep. Thank you. That's it. I was like, God, I know it. Um, one of her security guards is a Grindelid who gets killed. And the Grindelid is uh, a relative of Mother Fastidima, who is a Grindelid also. And she basically says, you've got three days to find the killer of Prybolt, who was the Grindelid that that died. Um, 
and she's trying to like solve this mystery. But um, when the Jedi arrive and they realize, okay, it's Nile activity or we, we reported it as Nile activity and they start to go undercover. They realize that they've infiltrated some of the higher level, I don't know, the politicians of Corellia and are working with some of the politicians of Corellia and actually another security team of Corellia. And, you know, they're trying to go through this, uh, to pose as these security guards and the pop star thing was for me was a little bit of a, a little bit of a stretch, but, um, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard to follow a lot and it jumped, it did jump around a lot. They did make it a point, at least in the audio book of basing, basically telling you where they were. So it was like one chapter would literally say Coronet city at the beginning. And then the next one would say, um, you know, Corellia or Coronet city or, uh, whatever it was. And they would jump around quite a bit and go between, you know, what was going on with the two Jedi masters, what was going on with the younger, uh, Padawans. And then, you know, what was going on with essentially crash and the security team. So, um, but yeah, there was, I mean, there were some good things that I got out of this. Uh, you know, all of this is happening just before the crash of Starlight Beacon. Um, they actually watch it and, and see this, uh, the hollows as they're trying to solve this mystery on Corellia. And then they come to find out that the Nile that were on Corellia were essentially trying to steal ships. Um, not blow them up, but to steal the ships that were in the shipyard there to go to Starlight Beacon and basically prevent others from helping, right? Yeah. And, well, and, and attack they, any helping ships. Yeah, well, and I think if they, the other piece of that was if they fly in on Rep- with Republic ships, people, they can get a, a surprise attack of sorts as well because they won't be expecting that it's Nile. Yeah, um... And at that point, when they discover that, it's up to Ram and Comac and Wreath and the rest of them to stop the Nile from capturing those ships and, and getting away, basically. Yeah. So um, there were some cool things that you got out of this book. There was a great conversation in, I think, chapter is like chapter 38. It was a great conversation on why, why they thought non-attachment is important in the Jedi Order. Um, I think it was between Cantum and um, Comac. It was Cantum uh, Sai and Master Comac, and it was them kind of talking about attachment and some of the the past history that Cantum um, recalls during the time in the circus with Atar. And it was it was a good conversation. It's a, a good listen. Uh, whether you're on the side of you know them having attachments or not having attachments, it's just a good insight to why they didn't like it. Um, I learned that the colors of Corellia officially are blue and gold. Did you know that? I don't think I caught that. I did not know that, but in chapter 33, they are, it is said that the blue and blue and gold are the official colors of Corellia. I didn't know that. And baby dugs are cute. Um, I did not know that either, (laughs) but apparently a baby dug is cute. So, um, and we did get a little bit of of uh, we did get a little bit of solo in this, and we just talked about it. Lady Proxima is mentioned. She's actually a character in this book. Yeah, she appears. She's not mentioned. Yeah, she appears in um, chapter fifty seven. There is a conversation with, um, and I'm going to butcher this name, Esvengolt, who is a Grindelid. Um, apparently, they have like a committee. Like the Grindelids are like a. Uh, like the huts, right? They have like a board of members or whatever you want to call it. And this as Vingolt is um, on this board along with um, Nor, or what was it? I can't remember the other two. There's two other worms that approach crash in the sewers at one point. And, um, you know, they basically say, look, we, we don't agree with, um, God, I forgot her name already. The other one, the one that's in charge right now. The boss. Um, the boss. Mother Fastidima. That's it. Mother Fastidima, they didn't agree with her and 
what was going on. And they kind of thought the same thing that Crash did, that it was a Nile attack. And they understand that Crash is trying to solve what's going on. And they agree to help stop it. And Esvengolt basically says, we didn't agree with her decision to punish you or, or whatever. Um, and then they say, nor did such and such, nor did such and such. And then they say, nor did Proxima or nor did Lady Proxima. And there's your, and she's standing right there. And she, they, they refer to themselves in the third person apparently, but she's a nor did Lady Proxima and she's in this book. So yeah. you get, she lives for a really, really long time. Which does, I mean, if I feel like that doesn't surprise me. I feel like that um, it doesn't surprise me that Grindelid species live a long time. It just seems, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it makes sense because they're like so non-human. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think the biggest. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. I was, I, well, I, mine. The next thing I was going to say was way off, way off what you were already. No, saying, go ahead. So. I I think one of the cool things that we learned in this book that kind of s- sprang out of that uh, Cantum. Sai having uh, their, uh, you know, Jedi rum springa, basically, is that, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they decided to leave the Jedi Order, and then Yoda accepted them back in. Like, so you can, like, have, uh, you know, you can go out on your own, and you're not necessarily ostracized. Like, that's mm-hmm. something that I wasn't aware of, and that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't get, I mean, I, I think maybe a little bit got the sense that it was, had to do with that specific situation. But then again, at the same time, you know, if Yoda is willing to do that for his guy, then, or his person. Um, yeah. I don't know why I well, said guy, they, a Padawan. <laughs> his Padawan. Well, no, you're right. And they, I forget what they said. Um, the... Well, it's it's not like so they're not like way seekers, but basically like if you're having an issue about or doubts about what you want to do, they're basically like, you know, go take a little bit, go on a vacation, take a sabbatical, go do what you need to do, figure out what you want to do. And then if you want to come back, it's cool for a long time, though. Yeah, I think so. Like years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was uh, Canton was in the circus, I think. And then they did a bunch of other stuff after that, too. Yeah. Um, so they were apparently okay with it. Like you want to take a pause on being a Jedi? Sure. Go ahead. It's all right. Um, but they're not a way seeker, which is like, Hey, I'm, I'm going away from the order to dive further into the force or just follow the force and in the path that it leads me down. Um, but you're right. That was pretty cool. Uh, I did, I did really enjoy the nod I don't know if you want to call it a nod. The nod to Shugdrabar, who is the Anzelin um, that designs these massive oh, yeah. star cruisers. And, and, and it, it, an Anzelin is Babu Frick, basically. Right. It's that little tiny guy that they have this weird, funky language, but, you know, <laughs> speak part basic. And he is... Right, is ready. <laughs> Yes, he builds this MP014 Pergil class star cr- cruiser that's in these shipyards that they're trying to steal, which it's it's the same ship that is the Halcyon. Shugdrabar built the Halcyon, which is the Disney hotel um, at Galaxy's Edge. And when you, if you've watched any videos, merchandising, merchandising, yeah. merchandising. <laughs> um, if you if you've watched any of the YouTube videos on people's experiences on the Star Cruiser, and this is a whole other topic that we could probably get into. Um, but if you watch anybody's experiences on that, there was like one person that was filming. I think the um, the the person that was taking them around, like the tour of the ship, and there's like literally like. Um, a model of the ship and it does say here Alcyon built by Shugdrabar and um, it was just a nice it was a cool crossover between you know what you get in real life to this story Um, that was a great reference Um, that part I loved and then he actually joins in the fighting at the end and you get this we are all the republic and he like jumps in to help and he's 
as small as he is, he's willing to fight. Um, and uh, that was pretty cool. I love that. I, I like the Babu Frick character. I like the Enzelans. I think they're an interesting species or uh, interesting alien species. So, um, But the big one, the big one that we haven't mentioned yet, this is the most Yoda that we have gotten in any High Republic book. Yeah. The absolute most. He li- and not just references, not just uh, flashbacks to te- teachings. He shows up to fight the Nihil in this book. So if you're on the fence about reading it based on how we kind of started this show. That last, the, like the, the, the battle and everything at the end of the mm-hmm. book was... The payoff was worth it. Yes, the payoff was worth it. Like I said, I could. The love story is, um, it's fine. I think I'm just Um, too old for this book. That's. It's not even that. It's just (laughs) me. It's not. Oh yeah, that's what I said. It's not really geared towards us. That's and that's fine. Like it's totally okay. But the end of this is Yoda shows up and kicks butt, um, in this book and and has conversations, live conversations with the Jedi in this book. Um, about what they need to do uh, following his return and his appearance, which is going to take us back to the Jedi Council, probably on Coruscant, where they reconvene to discuss what needs to happen next or what he has found out and where he's been this entire time. He has a mysterious person with him that we don't know who it is at this point. Correct, correct. We're going to have to wait until the next phase to find out, I think. Yep, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he, he shows up, he does have a really cool conversation with, um, Reith Silas in this because Reith during this whole book and in even the end of the last book that Reith was in, he was struggling with, um, what his place was, I guess. Um, and he's, he was struggling with the loss of, of Starlight Beacon towards the end and all these things. And, um, you know, uh, he, he just really doesn't know where he fits in and, um, I think he was trying to find what path he should take. And, and there's a great quote in here from Yoda to him that says impossible to be lost when there is no path. And that's what he's like, quit trying to find the path. Just go where your heart leads you or, or let the force guide you. There's not a set path for every Jedi. And that's, I think what Wreath was trying to find. Um, and it just, it doesn't exist for every Jedi. You have to be patient and let it happen. So, um, there was, um, what did they say? Cantum uh, says, being a Jedi isn't about having the answers. It's about knowing which questions to ask, even if some of those questions spans uh, several generations, basically, or, or centurial generations. Yeah. Um, that was just a really good line. It's like, you know, you can't, you can't just expect easy answers sometimes. We don't have them all. Um, but yeah, and then the the other big drop at the end with uh with Comac. Oh, they just leaves. He just leaves. He like they they knight they Jedi knight, um, wreath right. Yeah, they basically say you know you're you're now ready you're you're going to be a Jedi knight. They knight him. Comac hands him the lightsaber and then just is like, my lightsaber is yours now peace out and he just leaves um it, it, i didn't you know even know what to do Parks with that wreck when um when ron swanson they're out on a hike and ron swanson admits that he already ate all the bacon in the bag and he's like and now everything's terrible and he like runs away that's what i saw <laughs> in my head yeah um yeah he just up and leaves so like there's a, a character like again kind of like um loden Great storm at the end of the first book when we were like, oh, what happened to him? Now you've got Comac just gone and we have no idea what happens to him. He's, he's AWOL. Um, but we did get a reference of Yoda basically asking to send out a recall alarm for all Jedi to return back to Coruscant at the end of this book. Um, very similar to what they were trying to do at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And they had to go back and change it to say, no, don't come home. Please <laughs> stay away. Um, 
so yeah, I, I again, it's it's a it's not a long book. It's it's relatively short, but the payoff in the end with Yoda and the battle scenes and the fighting is great. I the use of wizard is heavily used in this book. Um, I forgot about all the wizards. <laughs> there's a lot of wizards dropped in this book. Um, but yeah, I it was it was good. I the security guard thing. I was kind of like, okay, I, you know, could we have maybe found a different uh, plot point? I guess to get them into this planet, maybe. But um, you know, it is what it is. Like I, I didn't. I did not enjoy, I always enjoy Star Wars. Um, you know, is it written for me? No. Um, did I like the end of it? Yeah. Did I like some of the tidbits that I got as it went on? For sure. So. Yeah, um, I'm but, kind of in the same exact place. Yeah, like, uh, and I feel like I, but I feel like I would say this. I would feel like if I didn't read this and I didn't know about Yoda at the end, I'd be missing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when that next book jumps in and they say, oh, Yoda issued a recall to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, wait, when did he come back? Yeah. So I would have to have read this book to know that. So, um, but yeah, go check it out. Um, like I said, it's a short audio listen if you do the audio books. Um, if you read, I don't know if, um, did you do the audio book or did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a short Short listen, worth a listen. Go check it out. It's new higher public stuff, so that's always good. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I it was it was good. Not my favorite, but it was good. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I wouldn't be genuine if I just sit there and said, "Hey, I love all Star Wars stuff that comes out." It's not the case. I don't always love all Star Wars stuff that comes out. But as I always say, you can always find something that you like or enjoy in the Star Wars that you're getting. Oh, yeah. Whatever that may be. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Um, anything else on this book? Any thoughts? Any final musings, Josh? No, I think we covered most of uh, what I was feeling. I mean, you and I are kind of in sync on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I'm interested to see. Oh, you know what? Here's my thing. So. I thought at the beginning of this book that they were going to kind of like, here's all the people from the comic book that would have been on the station. And we're going to look kind of like clear up from the high adventures, high Republic adventures comic book. And we're going to kind of clear up whether they were on starlight beacon or where they, they weren't. And so, you know, kind of where those characters are at. And I think they left some of that, ambiguous we don't really know where everyone was so i'm interested to mm-hmm. see uh you know the people there's some people that we've uh come to know through the comics and such that we don't know if they perished on the on the uh station or if they escaped so yeah yep yeah we got a lot to we got a lot more to come when when's the next batch when's the next phase Supposed to drop here is that um, end of this year? I do I not know, but I will. Or is it over the summer? I can't remember if it was over the summer in like Juneish, July. Um, we don't have Maggie tonight, but Maggie would know this like right off the top of her head. She probably already read it like three years ago, like precursor before it even dropped. But anyway. Maggie, Maggie is all the Republic. <laughs> Maggie is Omni Omni Republic. She knows all the Republic. Um. <laughs> so right now we are what's going on here um i don't even know if we have a announced like date for uh oh phase two quest of the jedi uh so we're getting our first tastes of that in october okay okay adult cool. novel uh high republic convergence junior novel high republic quest for the hidden city uh and star wars the high republic relaunch of the comic are all coming in october okay yeah and i'm sure we'll get hopefully we'll get plenty of high republic teasers coming up here at celebration at the end of may so yes hopefully we'll see so 
Well, I think that covers it for our review of Star Wars High Republic, Midnight Horizon, written by Daniel Jose Older. Go pick it up. Again, not a very long read or listen, um, but it's decent. It's decent. And then, like I said, the the payoff at the end, well, well worth it. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up and get on out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go We hope you guys have enjoyed the review of High Republic Midnight Horizon. Um, as I love diving into the High Republic stuff because it's a break from you know all of the shows, movies, things that we get into normally. We are going to get back into some TV. We're going to dive into the animated series Rebels. We're going to do a season one Rebels rewatch. We're going to talk a little bit about those episodes, the things that we enjoyed, some of the major plots that go on there. All things Rebels over the next couple weeks. And then after that, we're diving into prep work, I think, for Celebration for a couple episodes, too. I mean, there is tons to talk about, about Celebration and and what goes on. And if you've never been there before, and this is your first one, totally a lot of stuff to know about it. So we'll get into that. Um... And then, as always, you can go back, you can watch all of our live streams from any of the TV stuff that we did on Friday nights. Those are up on YouTube. You can find the podcast anywhere, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. I think I got all those. As far as um, as far as Outer Rim Beacon, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Outer Rim Beacon. And then you can email us, OuterRimBeacon at gmail.com. Just a reminder, too, we do have some merch up on TeePublic. So if you go out to Tee Public and you go, hey, I'm going to get up that that lovely Outer Rim Beacon hoodie, and I see you walking around Celebration with it on, might have a little special special something-something for you at Celebration if you got it on. So I'll be looking for those. Or if you see us wearing Outer Rim Beacon stuff, come up, say hi. We got stuff for you. So anyway, uh, Josh, where, uh, where can they find you at? I am uh, Battle of Tanab on Instagram, Twitter, and Venmo. And you know what? Uh, since it's re- it's since it's recording week, uh, check out my band, Former Critics, on Spotify. Do it, people! You know you want to do it. You love music. Josh loves music. Be like Josh. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, uh, my name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. We hope you guys have a great week. Get out there, do something Star Warsy, and may the Force be with you. For light and life. I am all the Republic. Wait, I am the Senate? Something like that. I love democracy. (laughs) Take care, guys. Bye. See ya.